0: Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Please visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code TWD to save $35 off your first week of deliveries. the officially unofficial podcast of The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 1, called The Day Will Come When You Won't Be. When you will not be? When you won't be. When you won't be. be. Uh, For people who don't know, didn't remember this from six years ago, seven years ago, that's a quote from Dr. Jenner, way back in the day when Rick thanks him for for taking the bullet on the old C&C, C&C. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's the Music Factory. Yes. They barely escaped from. <laughs> when they barely escaped from the CNC <laughs> Music Factory show, uh, yeah, he he took the bullet on that one, and Rick told him uh, thank you very much. He said uh, I'm I'm grateful. He said, and Jenner says the day will come when you won't be.
1: Yeah, I actually liked the callback. Yeah, um, that, it feels like an
0: appropriate time for that.
1: Yeah, and it's just like yes, it's six years ago, but they also know that uh, the really obsessive fans will make that connection. Uh, and, uh, I didn't, but that was, like, one of the top things on Reddit, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of the episode? Uh, I thought it was mostly
0: good. Mostly good. Now, it can't wash away the sins of the finale last season. I think that hurt it a lot, um, and, and this maybe needed to be, or at least part of this episode needed to be in the finale from last season, but, uh, you know, I'm not super angry about that anymore. I've had 6 months to cool off on that. Uh the the biggest problem was not only did I cool off on my outrage, but I cooled off on my emotions for these characters in general. And then they had to spend 20 minutes building me back up. And I don't I don't think it was nearly as powerful as the hour and a half they spent last season getting us to that stage and then just not fulfilling what we
1: wanted. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of disagree because I I thought this was an A plus episode, and I think this had to be an A plus episode mm. because I think there was a lot of people really sharpening their knives and and their uh, hatchets uh, ready uh, for for The Walking Dead, and yeah. Yes, I definitely agree. It, it wasn't as emotionally powerful, but having said that, I got—I, I, it might be because I'm emotionally and mentally exhausted from the con we just got back from, mm-hmm. but I found myself tearing up at parts at the end, uh, especially seeing like you know Fantasy Glenn bouncing his his baby boy on his knee, talking to Abraham at the Mister Robot style. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner, um, <laughs> right? I, I, and I thought there's a lot of stuff like the Abraham Isaac sacrifice choice, that uh, biblical choice that uh, Negan made Rick do at the end with Carl's arm was really powerful, and I was really, really afraid because I I do believe the AMC would absolutely, um, or the the Gimple and Kirkman would absolutely cut off uh, Carl's arm. So there's a lot of suspense there. Yeah, I mean I. That's the part that that
0: made it mostly good. Like I said, um, but th- I, I think the deaths the deaths for me were almost completely ineffectual. I, I thought, oh man, I thought they really just wasted the moment on those two deaths. And then uh, the thing that did get me, like you said, is the Carl and mm-hmm. Rick stuff. I mean. Mm-hmm. That that had me on the edge of my seat. Like, will they, won't they? Right. Uh, and the fact that they didn't wait six months to tell me whether or not they would right. made it really pay
1: off. Well, I mean, yeah, and I don't want to harp on this point too much. I, I thought the deaths were really effective. The fact that they hmm. went with the double deaths um, I thought was was effective. Although, you know, we, we did speculate that that was probably the most likely outcome. But the fact that they right. did it, and I, I wonder if they had have done the finale last year if they would have just gone with – the Glenn, because I, I know that's one of Kirkman's Maybe. regrets, the fact that, you know, he uh, in the comics, Abraham dies shortly before he dies in the TV series. And I know uh, Kirkman said on a couple occasions that he did regret that, that he killed the one soldier off, you know, before he entered this like very this this military kind of arc where, where Rick, you know, led this campaign. Um, and then he gets uh, he runs right up against the wall of Negan. But uh, I, I thought those were effective despite the weight. but I just kept mm. thinking, at the end, you know, as moved as I was and as awesome as this was, I was just thinking, like, man, what would it be, what would the show be like? What would the audience be like? What would the fans be like if they had made this episode the finale? Right. Um, and then also, you just roll that back into, like, what if they had done all... You know, like, like all the missteps The Walking Dead has taken over the years. Like, if this show <laughs> had rolled up to this point, if you take off all those missteps... I mean, this show could have been talked about in the same hushed tones that Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones and Mad Men and, and all the others are talked about. And people say, oh, mm-hmm. that's stupid. That's I, I really don't think so. This show's potential and its ceiling was that high. Um, and also... I, I usually tell people to settle down when they start talking this way. I kind of think there's an outside chance there might be some Emmy talk for Andrew Lincoln and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Hmm. There's some pretty strong contenders out there. Because, because you know, with the Emmys doing the one-episode submission, this is a powerful right. episode for them both. And, like, it's like what what Andrew Lincoln does with his snot bubbles and his <laughs> his his weeping, I felt, was very, very genuine. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan is just fucking amazing as Negan. Yeah, he is. The way he knows when to be quiet, the way, like, I don't miss a single fuck out of Negan's speech. Mm-hmm. Um because it's still profane it's still irreverent it's still kind of funny even though it's it's terrible yeah uh so yeah i i thought this episode is exactly what they had to do to get the fan base to shut the 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 settle down in for the rest of the season it's a damn shame that they couldn't have you know put this superlative episode on a nice foundation instead of kind of like you know you know playing out of a sand trap
0: yeah yeah uh I don't know how much more we wanna say about the way that they handled this this decision in the premiere and the finale, yeah um. But we do have a recap to get into. If you want to start there,
1: hey! Right before we get into recap, I wanted to mention because you know it's been a year since—well, not a year, but since last season—since so we talked to a lot of you. Uh, we're starting a new show that we're really excited about. It's HBO's Westworld. It's another Sunday night show. It's—it's um, it's just been so far really stellar, and we're getting a really great reaction. So um, I feel it's also up a lot of Walking Dead people's alley. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, it's it's great looking. A lot of violence, uh, a lot of gruesome gruesome stuff happening. Have but to get used to some nudity. There That's is there, sure. there, there there is some nudity, and they do drop f words because this is uh, HBO. But there's also a lot of interesting existential questions about what it means to be a human and what it means to be conscious and yeah. what ethics and morality uh, look like in this age of dawning artificial intelligence. So uh, so if far, no episodes titled "Here's Not Here." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you if you're looking for something to kind of uh, round out your Sunday night television watching experience, uh, give Westworld a a chance and check out our show watching Westworld. So when they opened up with the, t- the three minute preview that we'd already seen, I was kind of scared that because I thought that that would have um, and so we're launching right into recap. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so we hear. Rick, he splashed with blood. He says, "I'm going to kill you." Mm-hmm. Negan leans in and real quiet. What? I didn't quite catch that. Thought this scene was incredible. And Rick says, "You know, not today, not tomorrow, but soon, and for the rest of your life." And yep. there's this, uh, and and Negan confiscates his hatchet and drags him off to the RV and says he's going to be back with Rick and he may or may not kill them all. Um. I thought that was going to be after the credits that we would open up with the actual killing that we've been waiting for so long, and I was actually kind of already building up some outrage that they were going to stretch this out even further.
0: Well, they had a problem on their hands. Yes. Because, because like I said, all of that emotion is gone after six months, right? You're not in this frenzied state. You're not worried about these characters. You're just getting back into the swing, so they have to give you some time to do that. Har-har, back in the swing. <laughs> and- <laughs> what, you didn't like my joke? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they had to give you some time, so they needed some build-up, and I think that was
1: the right move. Uh, yeah. It still,
0: didn't, it still didn't land quite as effectively as for me as it would have if they had done it last season. M- midway but,
1: through the RV scene sequence with the hatchet on the roof, I started to appreciate, you know, that – exactly, that's what they were doing. They were digging them they – were, they were hacking their way out of the sand trap, and they needed to do that. Right. Um, now –
0: I can I can tell you if they had waited much longer, right. I would have been complaining again. Right. They they did hit a good balance of build up versus prolonging the inevitable. You know,
1: right, right. Uh, so they uh, Negan goes into the RV, uh, throws Rick to the ground, buries the axe in the table, and says, "Let's go for a ride." Uh, struggles to start the RV because of course Dale's not there. Right. I uh, love that all the RVs in this world are just pieces of shit. Sure. That's true of all television though. Yeah. And uh, Negan is inviting Rick to essentially try another thing, another round of resistance and he invites him. He's looking in the rear view mirror he's like this is your best shot mm-hmm. back's turn. Of course Rick takes the bat and instantly Negan turns on him with a, uh, a, a semi-automatic rifle of some tor- sorts. Uh, hits him in the t- uh, stomach and then uses the flat head of the axe to concuss the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I thought they really sold that impact and how disoriented Rick was with the rest of the scene. And he says, you know, think about, you know, there's a new dawn breaking. Think about what's happened and what can still happen. And they drive off. Uh, this next scene where they're driving through the fog and Negan is splattering walkers on the windshield. Uh, how is it so foggy?
0: How is it so – and if it is so foggy, how is he driving so fast?
1: Because he just doesn't give – I mean, he doesn't give a fuck. I Rule a cool, I'm going to okay. allow this because I thought the visuals were really fucking cool. I thought and, he had, like, magic busted up and he was driving through the clouds or something.
0: <laughs> like, magic school busted. Or, sure. like, he had shrunk down and was driving through a smoker's
1: lungs. Sure, or sure. Um, I don't know. Like I guess I cuz I, you know, I'm from the Midwest and I know you don't get up as early as I do, but it's not infrequent that you get fog in in the morning, especially in the fall where I kind of feel oh, like yeah. we are. I actually I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what time of year we are, but it feels like the fall. So I'm going to say right it's now? the fall.
0: Right now. I think it's fall, yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> uh but um but I thought it was good. It was a good character-building moment. It was just visually interesting, and he's laughing. Oh, I'll remind you of someone when their heads get exploded. Uh, and there's also this kind of effective thing where the sur- what I assumed were the survivors, but it's actually Rick recollecting all the memories he has of these people because he's doing this thing. He's thinking about what can mm-hmm. still happen. Uh, and we see Rosita and Glenn and some memories of them. Which I
0: thought they actually should have used as a preview for this season. Mm. Uh, I mean, that, that three-minute clip that they released was oh, the good. Eeny,
1: meen- oh, well, also they had the eeny-meeny, which I thought was pretty effective. Oh, right. Where but they it, used...
0: But they didn't, like, show everybody getting bashed. I thought they should have showed them all getting bashed. Yeah. I mean, to especially really since just... they had the footage, right? right. Yeah. yeah, and They I, were going to film it for this anyway. I
1: also thought it was pretty ingenious the fact that they went and filmed the deaths of everyone just to confound the the, the, the spoiler hounds. Now, I think it turns out that there's a cup that the, the Spoiling Dead fans probably had it 100% right, and that's why AMC ceased and desisted them right. preemptively. Yeah. Um, but still, nice touch. Nice touch. I also think Rick probably could have got the jump on Negan while he was driving. I do, but I think you got to remember that he had just gotten bashed over the head with a fucking hatchet. Right. And, and his the, I think his bell was fucking rung.
0: And, and the other thing is, you know, think about what could happen. And let's say he does kill right. Negan here, right? And he right. drives back into that, that ring of dudes... With the RV and says, I killed your leader. Right.
1: Well, they're still going to all die. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think this episode, I at least I was doing the, the, the whole time, I was thinking, like, at what point do you break? Right. You know, because you can see, like, there, there's a, a scene especially where during the eeny, meeny, miny scene where you can just, they just really are tight on Lincoln's face and you can see him as Rick just trying to calculate the angles. Like, we've seen him bite a man's throat out. We've seen him have his soldiers get to jump on people. We've seen mm-hmm. him like always come through the odds, and he's just his mind is racing to try to see where the angle is, where is his play. yeah, and there was nothing, just too and, much force, yeah, and I think you had that plus the fact that his head is probably yeah, you know from that from the axe axe uh swing um, and I don't think he could yeah that's probably the best best shot he had, but then you know, where does he get him so yeah, where does he go from there right um so. He gives this little speech when he gets to where he, uh, he's going, and he says, you are mine, all your people are mine, this axe is mine. And he, I first thought he threw it out the Wint door, and I was about to call some bullshit on the physics, but on further review it seems pretty clear that they were, uh, they, they showed Negan throwing it up on the roof. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says, go out there and get the axe, and they establish that they're just, they're in a piss pot full of walkers. And fog. And fog, and (laughs) he throws Rick out the fucking door. And we have, uh, we we see that, uh, so, so there's more memories of Sasha, Eugene, and Aaron, and Abraham, and Maggie, and Daryl. And we're back at the giant pile of logs that the Saviors had formed into a barricade last season. And it looks like it's been exploded. All right, yeah. I'm not, I'm not as sure. This like I'm not as sure exactly what the point of that was. Whether there was a bunch of walkers in that pin and they blew it open, or or maybe that the giant explosion uh, made the brought all the walkers to you know, and the resulting fire brought all the walkers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, um, you know, Rick fights his way to the top of the RV. Sees the guy that was hung for his disobedience last year. Mm-hmm. That paid off pretty pretty handsomely, I thought.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Um, it's going to continue to pay off. Yep. Uh,
1: in the next few scenes. Yep. And again, Rick. They 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 really show him re- remembering um, mm-hmm. with his people and and thinking about Michonne. You know, the people that are more most important to him. Uh, they go back and revisit the Eeny Meeny Miny scene, and it's just. I mean, the point of this is the how in control Negan is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that Rick is trying to figure out an angle And he can't um, He selects Abraham And what I thought was interesting is Do you think that uh, That Abraham was a random selection Or do you think that that was an intentional Calculated move by by Negan Hmm because in the comic books, they made it pretty clear that he was just eeny, meeny, miny, moe. But this, like, he skipped around. He reversed. He skipped a whole bunch of words. And as the as the bat was falling in front of everybody, everybody was, like, focusing on the bat and shitting their pants. Abraham was locked in. Right. And I wonder if Negan's like, this is the one guy who is going to be – there's no way I can break him. Mm-hmm. Rick has got his son – I can apply some pressure to, but Abraham is going to spit in my face in, 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 in and never compromise.
0: But you got Sasha; he can but he, apply pressure does he know there. That?
1: No, of course
0: Negan wouldn't know that, right? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, ultimately,
1: I guess it doesn't matter. Right now that he's dead. <laughs> no, no. I just thought it's like I, I was trying to glean something from the personality. I, I thought yeah. it was a strategic move. He was certainly the most defiant, um, even more so than Daryl. I'd yep. say, yeah. And and when I remember, so so I I know we made fun of Abraham flashing a peace sign to Sasha, mm-hmm. uh, but. <laughs> It did pay off a bit in this episode because as Negan made his selection, Abraham flashed it to her one last time to kind of like say, "I don't know, I'm accepting of this, or everything's going to be okay." Suck my nuts, suck my nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and it's Abraham, good. Abraham died like he lived, spouting AMC safe versions of adult language. Oh yeah, you couldn't you couldn't have Abraham go out without one, right? And he lived like he died. He did he died like he lived. Whatever M- it is, mother dick, mother dick to the end. Uh, and, uh, Negan beats the complete shit out of him. Yeah. And, uh, Daryl gets pissed off when he starts taunting Rosita, and takes a swing at him, and, uh, Negan sh- uh, shuts all this shit down, Dwight offers to kill him with his own crossbow. Uh, I was not afraid for Daryl. Once Abraham was selected, I thought, nope, Daryl's gonna be safe. Hmm. Um and Negan says nope that's not how it works uh someone else has got to be punished and then he just beats Glenn to death and Jesus Christ this scene is straight out of the comics and it is yeah. fucking brutal yep it's your eyeball my-
0: just pops out and it is gross <laughs> as shit
1: yeah it it, it 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 was man it it and I felt bad like um yeah there's there's very few times like I guess I got desensitized to the gore but the fact that I kind of care about uh, Glenn and Maggie even though they've kind of jerked us around. Um, I'm surprised at how much I was affected with the death of Glenn, even though they had mm-hmm. just jerked us around the dumpster. And there's a lot of jokes on some of the discussion threads about do you think you think Glenn's hiding under the bat. Was he able to roll <laughs> under the RV? Uh, <laughs> roll under his own did, did, eyeball. Did Morgan swoop in and, and swatch uh, swat his body out? Swap his body out with the Walker before uh, uh-huh. uh, Negan got his, uh, uh, the, the swing on him. But Maybe. uh yeah he just beats the shit and and I liked how they keyed on like Daryl and Maggie's reaction um not just Maggie or not not just Maggie, but also Daryl, because it's arguable that this is kind of Daryl's fault
0: oh well, it's not arguable. I don't even think it's arguable, it's, yeah, I don't
1: think you can argue against it and and the one of the reasons like this is an a plus episode is because it sets up some genuine drama, like Daryl being conscripted into Negan's army. And he's got right. so much fucking leverage. We know how emotionally kind of damaged and vulnerable Daryl is anyway mm-hmm. and how he can easily get into kind of like don't give a fuck mercenary mode if, if you know, like when he when he got with the claimers. Um, and here he's going to be just stewing in this pot full of guilt and Negan brainwashing. And, and God, I'm, I'm really interested to see where they go with this. And, yeah, and,
0: and from the other side of it, too. I mean, our our group... The survivors have to kind of capitulate to Negan here because they've got Daryl. And, you know, he threatens Daryl uh Daryl's parts. He's gonna start chopping if uh Rick doesn't give him what he wants. So Yeah, it's a really it's a really neat trap that you they've think there laid might for be, the heroes here. what if there's like another governor
1: style raid thing where they try and go in after Daryl to save him? I mean the thing they've is they've done this once. I, and and this I, I felt like the finale last year established a fact and Rick reiterates it that that Negan had an army. They just mm-hmm. severely underestimated Right. Um, they didn't think that underestimated Jesus. Miss okay. uh, underestimated him. Um, they didn't think that there could be an apocalyptic group of badasses as big as them and well organized as them because they took it as a matter of faith. That anyone that could be as well organized as them would have the same kind of esprit de corps, the same kind of morals and values, because they'd seen so so many other selfish, tyrannical regime regimes uh, tear themselves apart from the inside. Right. Uh, but they didn't know that there was a leader like Negan out there. Mm-hmm. And you know that's the brilliant part of this arc of the the series is that it's all about you know Rick finally has met his match, and what the fuck is he going to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously, Negan is willing to kill and intimidate and lead with fear. I don't know if he's going to bring anything else to the table, but he seems to be a saner version of the governor. Um, which is... And a, more, and a more malicious version of the governor, too. Right. Because the governor, on the face of it, if he wasn't crazy might have actually had a good thing going in Woodbury, you sure. know. I mean, if if he wasn't killing his own people, right. the other
1: people in the town were happy. Yeah, Matt, so so like Negan, and that's the thing like yes, Negan is brutal, mm-hmm. but also uh you know, if if we take him at his word here that he's he's he honors his word and you know, he's he's if you work for him and you do good work, I mean, we haven't really seen what kind of, of suffering, uh, you know, we, we've heard from the hilltop that there's some people to grumble about, you know, that he takes too much and whatnot. But on the other end, the hilltop is effective, is, is functioning. Mm-hmm. No one was starving. Um, you, I, I think there's a question of like maybe. Maybe Negan's the type of guy that you need in this world. Like, I wouldn't fucking vote for him. <laughs> right. But he wouldn't ask for my vote. <laughs> well, no. Definitely not. <laughs> and and also, was this the road that Rick was heading down? I don't know. because he I mean, if Alexandria of, doesn't get blown to pieces by walkers. Yeah, but, but think, about, walkers. think about the way they treated the hilltop. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that he's exactly the same as Negan, but him and Maggie essentially extorted them. It's a mafia-style protection ring that they had established. Um, That's true. And how much different is what Negan is offering than than Rick? Well,
0: well, I don't know what Negan is offering. Negan is is demanding tribute so Mm. far. I don't know what he actually gives the hilltop. Right, because it didn't seem like he
1: gave them anything; he
0: just took fifty percent of everything they had.
1: I mean, I guess he protects them from people like himself. I he protects suppose. them from walkers. Like he also just doesn't. Dis, you know, I, I, I have an army big enough that I can just destroy you guys. But I'd rather have mm-hmm. you earning things for me. I'd rather have you providing for me. I mean, like I said, it's it's just yeah. a straight up mafia style extortion ring. Oh yeah, but it's also kind of what you know. I guess Rick was trying to set up a kinder, gentler one. Would he have succeeded? I, I don't know uh anyway uh so Rick is in a bad way he is we're we're back in the present and he is trying to get this uh this this axe and um he's 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 fought his way on top of the r v and he's been laying there thinking about his fate for a while and negan's getting impatient and he starts shooting up the r v and Rick is forced to jump onto the the hanging zombie and he's got not exactly rock in a hard place it's more like uh you know, a crowd of teeth in a toothy place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the one zombie swinging from the chain, trying to bite down. He's got a whole horde of zombies trying to bite up. And Negan uh, opens up the rear window and starts sh- shooting the zombies. He's, like, kind of giving a little level playing field. Uh, in the confusion, Rick loses the bat, or not the bat, the, the axe, the hatchet somewhere in the woods. Mm. Um, Negan, again, clears the crowd a bit, says the clock's ticking. Think about what you have to lose. Uh, Rick then climbs into the or, – or crawls through the forest, finds the axe, almost gets bit by the swinging zombie's head because by this time I forgot to mention that his weight had pulled the head right <laughs> off of that, that zombie. Yep. Um, pretty, pretty disgusting. Pretty he, cool. He, he tries to fight his way to the door, but the door is locked because Negan is that kind of asshole. And he's, he's having these final thoughts of his, his people being beat to death by Negan's bat uh, swimming through his head as Negan opens the door and assists him one last time and lets him in and says, attaboy. And they have another long monologue where Negan says, I know it's hard for you that you've been this, 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 he calls him king shit for so long. And now you just got neutered in front of your son, mm-hmm. but you can still lead a nice productive life producing for me. And he cleans off his hatchet and gives it back to Rick. Uh, so, real quick, before Rick gets it back into the RV,
0: uh, he has an encounter with a couple of zombies. First of all, um, we were at Rocket City NerdCon this weekend, and we uh-huh. talked with Chris Harrison, who Harrelson, is... Harrison like Woody. Yes, um, is one of the featured zombies, uh, in The Walking Dead. He's played a whole bunch of them. He plays one in this episode, and Two? Uh, t- mm, he
1: told me there was he, was, he played two featured zombies in this episode.
0: I thought it was one in the first
1: two episodes. Oh, maybe, but, <laughs> maybe that's right. But he, <laughs> but also he said, said he's
0: underneath Rick when he's swinging from that zombie and he's getting
1: kicked. Oh, okay. Because so he did when, when I was talking to him. I I said I bet I can pick. Now that I've I've you know met you and your physicality, I bet I can pick it out. He's like, good luck because yeah. with the fog and the confusion and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And then there's the
0: grossest zombie maybe that I've seen yet, which is where Rick grabs the one by the neck and it just
1: bubbles out this disgusting the, the pus, green ooze. The, the pus bu- bubble, the uh, boil pus Yeah, boil and it's so
0: disgusting that Rick's got to like, he looks down at his hand and shakes off the goo. Sure.
1: And, A man fighting for his life uh, has the moment to be grossed out by what he just stuck his hand in. Right, that's pretty gross. Pretty fuck, especially this man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I thought rick's face when he accepts the axe was just beautiful and i'm thinking uh because this was a long episode and i had um i because i was watching it on a dvr and i was kind of fast forward through the commercials
0: 45 minutes on amazon was it? i yeah. thought it
1: was like a, an hour and a half no run time. no was god it? no okay um i was fast forward and i was wondering i was like man unless i didn't watch half of it <laughs> <laughs> i wonder well we're about to say this doesn't this isn't the end of the episode no nope. um I, I was wondering if Negan was going to pick up on the fact that Rick really hasn't learned his lesson. Two people in, Rick is still plotting murder and mm-hmm. deception and and uh, rebellion uh, in his eyes. Uh, so, Rick's back, Uh he is being drugged from the RV, and I thought it was also his, the physicality of his performances. Rick is trying to get back to his uh, up to his feet the entire time. He wants to walk back to his people to show them that he is not unbent and he's not he or he is he's not unbent. He is actually unbent, unbowed, unbroken, much like the Dornish people. Uh, and he says, "Do you know what this trip is about? I wanted you to understand who's in charge, but you're still looking at me like I shit in your scrambled eggs and." He says, do I give you another chance? And Rick says, yes, you should. So he grabs Carl out of the crowd. It has all of his men uh, point guns at the rest of the people's heads, belts uh, uh, Carl's arm, calls for a pin, marks a line on it, and tells Rick, right here, right now, cut off your son's left arm. Make it like a salami slice. Because we're going to fold it over and yep. maybe he'll live. <laughs> And, Ugh. I mean, just, I, again, I, I'm going through this really quickly because uh, I know we probably have lots of feedback. I want to leave time for it. But just the the, the, the the performance that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's given on Negan is just amazing because he's like, you know, I know it's going to take a while for you to process. I'm not going to do the movie villain cliche of just, like, you do it now. But mm-hmm. then also you're not talking your way out of it. This is going to happen. And Michonne tries to bargain uh, for his life and – Negan says, yeah, oh yeah, I know, I've got your attention It's this guy I'm worried about And then Rick tries to bargain He tries to plead, he got the snot bubble Coming out of his nose (laughs) Uh, and then that's when Negan knows he has him, and uh, yeah. he's about to, you know, he he, he he realizes there's no way out, he, he raises the axe, and then Negan, kind of like uh, a Jehovah in the Old Testament, stops Abraham from sacrificing a- Isaac and saying, alright, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. This is the look, This snot bubble is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see utter despair that, you know... I've broken you and that we've all come together and he's kind of tries to do this oddly inspirational thing. Like, you know, it's a new day and we've made some progress and I'm taking Daryl as kind of a hostage slash soldier lays out that if you betraying, I'm going to cut pieces of him and mail them to your doorstep or better yet, call you back to my base and have you do it. And he says, I'll be back in one week for a first offering and throws Rick his hatchet and says, ta-ta. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to talk about in this? I don't know
0: Negan's an interesting character to me because, like, you think, okay, how did he, how did he build the army that he's built? Right? I mean, a guy like this, he either he either has been extremely lucky in that every group he's found has been smaller than the group he currently has, which um, I buy the army he currently has. Uh, well, I don't I don't mean currently, but like at every step of the road, right? Like, so Negan's a dude and he's out on the road and he finds a couple of other dudes who are like-minded and then they run across one other person and he can intimidate and and brutalize them into helping him to being his follower so, so and then like, and then he gradually like builds this thing mm-hmm. or or he he started out with a big army which is possible i suppose
1: yeah i feel like there's you know this is kind of like the moon formation hypothesis you know like no one's exactly sure but we right. can we can come up with some educated guesses right because um, I thought about this too And I'm wondering I could see two ways I could see Negan having like a core group of guys And they're like these post-apocalyptic badasses And say mm-hmm. they met a group like the Claimers Right And he's able to take out Joe And he just gets lucky that one time And the Claimers probably like Well shit this guy's fucking crazier than Joe was And and he's gonna let us rape and pillage So let's follow him Now like he becomes a snowball the right. other way I want, I, I thought it might go, is like say that he was already in a large kind of group of marauders, um, and he thought, you know, he he saw that like you know he was with a, like a guy like Joe or maybe like the wolves where their goals were just kind of stupid and silly, and he had the idea that you know he instead of just mindlessly raping and pillaging, we're gonna find these, we're the wolves, we're gonna find the sheep, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna fucking fleece them. And we're going to come yeah. back, and we're just going to keep shearing, and keep... Well, why shear him once? Why kill him and shear him once when you did to shear him again and again and again? And that was kind of the brilliant idea that he had to kind of take that group over and refocus it. Right, it just makes me wonder, like, if, if Negan, at some stage, when he didn't
0: have a huge army, potentially, uh, had come across like a governor-type guy, well, then he'd have a real fight on his hands, right? He wouldn't just be able to overpower
1: them and force them to do his bidding... Uh, he'd actually have to put up a fight. It does seem... So I feel like that's the thing about Negan that I've never... And why I think Negan is the best villain the Walking Dead's had to this point. Is that he does seem like he's got layers. He's got different gears. He's not exactly Mm -hmm. a psychopath. He's doing these things, these psychological things, for an effect. Mm -hmm. And for an impact. And he knows that he's got different carrots and different sticks for different people. And like... The the flashback to the governor's backstory I thought was dumb and pointless. Uh, I actually w- could use a three or four episode flashback to Negan's rise to power because I think that would be interesting. I think so because he's yeah. he's more he's more impressive. He's more intimidating. Uh, he's more calculating. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to know exactly how this guy came to power. Or maybe he's changed over the years. Maybe he started
0: out as a guy who was gathering uh, people who just wanted to live together peacefully and over the years he's realized that's not enough and now fear is the way that he
1: rules and i'd also like to see how they flesh him out to see if there's going to because i'm again i stopped rereading i I was up until about two seasons ago rereading the arcs right before we do the series and it just was driving me crazy because they just make these small alterations and it, it got it bugged me so i haven't actually read negan's arc in probably five years but I wonder how they're going to flesh him out. Like, there's Negan in his private moments, and I wonder if that's how – why Daryl's going with him because we get a true POV character in his camp. Mm. Um, I wonder if he sees this as kind of – I. If everybody was like the, you know, the Ricks of the world or if everybody's like the Joes or the governors, humanity would die out. Like, I am the leader that the world needs to reboot because he's he's kind of rebooting civilization. He's this warlord that is protecting these pockets of civilization and and giving them the leadership that they need And, you know, they're not – because look at, like, you know, what happened into prison. Look at what happened at Woodbury. Look at what happened at the Slabtown Hospital. Look Mm -hmm. at what happened to Alexandria. Like, that shit kind of threatens to tear itself apart because of weak, ineffectual leadership. And I am the strong leader that is going to make sure that the humanity doesn't die out. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that might be what you need in the apocalyptic world. (laughs) And also I think, you know, maybe the other thing we're supposed to understand is that – Negan's backstory is essentially Rick's backstory. It's just one he had, you know, maybe a little bit more loss or maybe right. a little bit more cynical. He didn't have the thing where he could, you know, that that he never lost the hope that we could have these everybody sitting around a supper table in old age and yeah. celebrating Thanksgiving. Never ran
0: into a Deanna.
1: Yeah. Or
0: anybody like that. He didn't
1: have the crucial barley equals intellect equation. <laughs> right. That would allow you... To, to reboot Civilization in a kinder, gentler way. Uh, so then uh, pretty much all we have left is reactions. Uh, we get a lot of extended uh, yeah. emmy, emmy takes for people um, trying to come to grips with this. Can I say I don't think I like Lauren Cohan's performance
0: here? Okay. Explain. I, I It just... There's something about it I just didn't feel. I mean, she's doing a lot. To. She's trying to portray I know, a pregnant woman. she's doing a lot.
1: She, she, she's trying to portray a pregnant woman who's on death's door. She's trying uh-huh. to portray someone who is because if if Daryl's most to blame for Glenn's death, I think that what she's what what she's done that's kind of interesting here is – or what they did last season is interesting is that Maggie was the one who kind of was the godfather. She's the one that made this deal with the hilltop in the first place. I will take care of the saviors in return for mm-hmm. – you know, you providing us the the good stuff. And they're on the road because of her. And they're on the road because of her. Yeah. I mean, in, in the micro and macro, she yeah. is kind of the most to blame for what is happening right now.
0: I, I'm not saying it was an easy thing, an easy performance to pull off, or mm. that she flopped. I'm just saying there was something about it I
1: just didn't connect with. I think it's on me. her, the director, because I will say I, I that we have got a body of evidence where – yeah. There has been occasions that sh- we have not been exactly satisfied. Now, like you know, we have made a lot of excuses, like Beth's death. What the fuck do you do? Right? They kind of fucked up the whole plot line, and they fucked up the whole. And they never really had Maggie worrying about her. And then, like, uh, well, I never was,
0: had a problem with her performance there. I liked her performance. I just didn't think it was the right time.
1: Right? Or and and it didn't. It I didn't. Felt like have it to came way up. too late. It, it was it was lacking the foundation unearned. it needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like. I, I guess we could have a discussion about whether maybe she's just not as, as good as we wanted her to be, want her to be. Or I don't we know. Just, we just, I... we always have a crush on Maggie and we were, uh, g- given her passes on some of these questionable acting choices. Like I, I honestly don't know where I stand with her.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. I definitely always had a crush on Maggie, but
1: sure. Well, who did, uh, I don't, I hope that didn't cloud my judgment too much. Well, <laughs> it's happened to better men than you. Jim. It's That's happened true. to better men than you. Uh, <laughs> But I I, I I think you're right. I mean, there's a lot going on, and I think that actually the the ensemble cast kind of helped her for me yeah. because you know she's wanting to do this thing. She's wanting to not like she's having this overreaction to this stimulus, and she wants to you know go her own path so no one she can n- not be responsible for anyone else's death, and she wants to take care of Glenn. And you know, I thought that you know Aaron and and Rick make the case that. We you know, you need to do this yourself. Well, we need to help you. Mm-hmm. And there's more of us than there are of you. Yeah, and I thought I mean, Andrew Lincoln just
0: destroys. He chews up this episode and yeah. shits it out like yeah. not in a bad way. I mean in, that's the in thing, a, like, in best way possible.
1: Like like him and, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan are playing King oh. of the Hill and everybody else just got pushed to the bottom. Right. It's t- it's tough to to play
0: opposite those two guys in this episode because man, they nail it. Yep. Uh I did feel like they put an appropriate amount of sorrow into Sasha. It was interesting because Rosita actually felt it the most, which makes a lot of sense because, uh. you know, she loved Abraham and Sasha is just kind of getting to know Abraham, you know, in as much as they've had a few episodes together and a road trip and and a peace sign or two. Right. Th- they weren't like super connected, right? It was always Abraham kind of like pushing this thing right. on her and she started to come around to it but i don't feel like they were like madly in love like rosita was with abraham so her being like not as broken up as rosita but still you know bummed out
1: and really and asserting felt true. and asserting that like abraham like almost like i i came away just super fucking impressed with rosita She's been such an adult and so mature about this whole thing because she could easily – like, Sasha essentially asserted, like, you know, this is what Abraham would have wanted Mm -hmm. for me to have him. Uh (laughs) And Rosita, you could see that, like, that was a hard thing for her to swallow. But, like I said, god damn. Rosita's becoming one of my favorites. She is a fucking rock, man. I did like the moment where
0: they both kind of have their hand on Abraham's body. Yeah. uh, On each other's hands, too.
1: Mm -hmm. And and they pull away and lift him up, but – Uh, Yeah, that was a pretty good moment for them. Um, What did you think about the imaginary Thanksgiving dinner? 'Cause that's where it, it actually finally I, I felt. I, don't know. I felt lumps in my throat, but when they focused on Glenn and his son and then him yeah. and him and Abraham kind of sitting and like smiling at each other and they were both happy and that that's not gonna happen. Like I I I even turned to says, and said, I can't fucking believe this show is doing this to the, me. The, this show it's not fair. This show didn't earn this. The show <laughs> has not this is this is taking advantage of my weakened state and my sentimentality for father and son relationships and yep. mwah. <laughs> Uh, so it was strange
0: to me because Morgan and his wife were there. His wife, who right. Rick knows is dead and could never have had a future but with T- Morgan. you know who
1: wasn't there? T-Dog wasn't fucking there. Oh, seriously? Right. Like, that's I the didn't thing. see, like, the... the- the well, the, the tables maybe there the was camera, a table going off into infinity. There's the kids table. That. Is there like uh yeah. <laughs> T-Dogs Lin- at the kids table well, going with what Lizzie <laughs> and uh Mika <laughs> and T-Dogs right? over at that table. Yeah, like just just staring daggers. <laughs> um and, and I thought that's the thing. It's like, man, if you're going to go a fantasy sequence... And I guess it's it's probably scheduling and can you get these guys back and all that stuff. But oh, if you're sure. going to do a fantasy sequence and include dead people, then maybe... No, Dale? Was Dale there? No, there's no way I they're going to get Dale, he's not coming back. No, he's, he'll come back. If Darabont was at the table, he'd come back. Right, no Shane, I imagine. <laughs> nope. Rick probably wouldn't want to see Shane there. No, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, it's it's... I'm I'm being mostly an asshole with that, but I thought it would have been a pure thing if nobody that wasn't, that couldn't have been there absent the decisions made that day and the actions that day would have been there. But yeah, um, I thought they muddied the water a little bit with uh, Morgan's wife. Yeah, it, that was weird. Um, and then there was an odd scene of the lone zombie, which I thought they were trying to make the point of just, you know, if, if you haven't been paying attention... Zombies aren't the main attraction anymore. Uh-huh. They are not the main threat. They're just kind of sideshows. But then they had the interesting choices as Rick falls, um, pulls away, having it just fall to the ground to lick up the blood. Yeah. Uh, the fresh blood on the ground. What, if anything, were they trying to say with that? I really couldn't tell you. I, mm-hmm. I didn't get it Um, other than maybe
0: just like, hey, we need a little bit of zombie action at the end here.
1: I wonder if also sure. they were, like, you know, these were the... I'm kind of surprised they didn't bring back this, the, the Jenner scene at the end. Because yeah. I wonder, like, if Rick was thinking, I wish I, you know, the zombies are the ones to have it easy. Because they just walk and kill, <laughs> and they're not emotionally affected, and they do what they need to survive, yeah. and they don't have to feel anything. And I have all this pain. Like, like, why doesn't Rick just put a gun in his mouth and pull the trigger at this point? Carl, I guess. Probably, knowing the fact that that might actually piss Negan off him enough that he would go kill everybody. I mean... Maybe. I think, I feel like... So what is Negan's weakness? I feel like Negan's weakness is the fact that he's a businessman. He is, you know, yes, he's ruthless, yes, he's cruel, but he's got some calculations that he doesn't want to kill everything in Alexandria. Because his crew needs... They need the food. They need the medical supplies. They need the ammunition. They need the stuff that these people find and produce to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, And if he kills all of the settlements, then he doesn't. You know, then his men will have to, like he said, you know, you need a right-hand man because if you don't, you got to do too much work. Right. So I I wonder if that's going to be his weakness—the fact that Rick is going to decide that you know there are a few things he can get away with just because Negan isn't willing to do away with them.
0: Yeah, he was pretty easily able, or they, Maggie had a big hand in this, but they were pretty easily able to convince the Hilltop to turn to their side, right? If they could do that for more and more of Negan's colonies, I assume there are more, um, maybe that would erode his power enough that, you know, and, and he wouldn't be able to take them out, like you said, because
1: he needs the supplies. That might actually gain him some leverage, what do you think of Maggie's initial reaction, that they need to go and f- get people and get get everybody ready to go kill? Them? I mean, was that... It's anger. I mean, I, I understand right. the
0: mentality, I, the sentiment. Um, I was surprised that more characters didn't feel that way.
1: Um, I wasn't. I thought that... I was trying to, you know, because, again, she was doing a lot, and I was trying to figure yeah. out exactly what they're trying to do with her character, and she just seemed like she had... You know, nowhere to go, nowhere to deal with this stuff. I, I guess I felt like if if I was in that situation, I'd probably be completely cowed. I'd be shitting my pants and like, man, we need to we need to straighten up and fly right. Right, this, this we uh, the, the the jury is now in. We are not the biggest badasses. Uh, we need to we need to get our our. But they've our, got
0: Enid and Gabriel and. Uh, little baby ass kicker back there. <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah, and we need to get them tending the barley fields because that's our play. Just just <laughs> right. keep the barley coming and we'll yeah. be fine. Keep the barley going and we'll be fine. Oh, boy. Uh, and they end on uh, Rick's eyes. And I was looking for... What was going on there? Um, the was look. there defiance? Was there despair? Was there and and was there there? I, I was thinking that like at the end they might tighten up a bit to show that there hasn't all the fire gone out. But I thought that it, my final analysis after watched it a couple times is that this is just a beaten man. Yeah, it really did feel like it. I don't think there was any defiance left. All right. Um, so that's the episode. Again, I thought it was the episode that they had to deliver, which is some kind of shows. A little bit of improvement um, from the previous seasons is that a lot of times we've said that they've had to have a good episode at a particular time to really you know keep disaster from happening. And a lot of times they haven't done it. Uh-huh. I felt like they did deliver what they had to do based on the situation they put themselves in the previous season. Also, do we have any feedback about the foreshadowing that's gone on to in, in the Glenn's death? With the dumpster? No, not the dumpster. With the fact that we've seen a lot of imagery of you know him taking pictures and him wielding baseball bats and holding baseball bats and being menaced by baseball bats. like Going back to, oh. to Terminus Stark is when they first started doing this. And um, I, I thought that that's, you know, i got to give it to Gimple. I think that sometimes he's sloppy, sometimes he's unfocused, sometimes these plots are flabby. But I do think that, despite everything, he has put just enough emotion and just enough planning into like like the gesture like having Abraham doing the peace sign. Mm-hmm. maybe they should have come up with something different uh that wouldn't have been as goofy yeah. uh, or been more to his character, but the that little callback was pretty effective and 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 did, did you know that was one of the things that ramped up the emotion enough that they they almost got a begrudging tear out of me mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going with that other than I think that... Uh, it was definitely
0: foreshadowed. I mean, for all the comic book fans who knew that that's how it goes down in the comics, that Glenn does, in fact, get the bat, mm-hmm. uh, it was definitely foreshadowed many
1: a time. And I think we've talked about those in previous episodes when it has happened in the spoiler sections. Right. The uh, other thing about Maggie, and you know we're, we're talking about Lauren Cohen and whether she's doing a good job, um, is Maggie the most tortured individual at this point? she's seen her sister die, her brother die, her, <laughs> her father die, die, her husband die, all before her very eyes essentially. Her mother die? I mean, well, yeah, isn't her going mom back out in the to barn? the the the, the, yeah. the doodlebug days, sure. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, she's had it rough. I mean, I is there anyone that's lost more? Like I feel like that maybe that's part of the like how do you play a character who has seen this much horror at this stage? Uh, well, I mean,
0: Carl's seen a lot of horror, I, I suppose. I mean, yeah, he's seen he's a lot He's directly participated in horror. I mean, he had to cut the baby out of his mom. So that's pretty bad, especially for as he is. Uh,
1: yeah. But it was just his mom, and she was Lori <laughs> Grimes, so. <laughs> true, true. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, Maggie might be the most I'm trying to think, of
1: it, in the Pain Olympics, if there's anybody with more gold medals than she has. I don't think so. Okay. Because that's the other thing I was—I was trying to grade on a curve—is like, man, how the hell do you per, do? Do you play like? Am I? I kind of from this point forward. Um, of course, she's now like I guess going to have a baby, and then that kind of resets. But like, if she loses this baby, yeah, I want to see her as a fucking terminator. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing that can get to her. Yeah, who's Sasha lost her brother, a couple friends, uh huh, a proto love interest. Yeah, not that much. Yeah, Gabriel lost his whole congregation. Oh well, did it to he didn't lose it. He <laughs> threw the congregation out. The it's like you don't lose your car keys if you flush them down the toilet. He has <laughs> made poor decisions. He would say he lost them.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, probably Maggie. All right, can we can we talk about foreshadowing a little bit? Because there's Please. there's the hand chopping stuff going on in here, and we have long talked about how uh, in the first season or first season of the comic books in in very early on in the comic books. Uh, Rick gets his hand chopped off, mm-hmm. and how Robert Kirkman has said that is the biggest mistake he made in the comics mm-hmm. for that character. There, there is so much playing with that idea in this episode right. between, like, even when they just mention the hatchet at, at the beginning. Oh, sure, they're already starting in on it. Fans are um, a buzz. Right, there's, there's all that he drags him to the RV, and you think, okay, maybe he's gonna take his hand. He, he, several times threatens to, and I then kept he on eventually thinking that Carl. like,
1: there's no fucking
0: way. But yeah, continue. Well, I was even when he drew this fucking line on Carl's arm, mm-hmm. and it, it started counting down. I was like, there's no way they're gonna do this because I know that Kirkman didn't want to do this. But I and I was like eighty percent sure it wouldn't happen. Okay, and then it ultimately didn't happen. Okay. Do you think – I mean, how do you think that played for as far as you're concerned?
1: I thought I was more 50-50 because I was going through my head the math of, like, okay, I don't think they do it with Rick because there's so much green screening involved. But Carl, who's a secondary character – I mean, I know he's one of the primary characters, um, and Kirkman has said that that, the, that Walking Dead is really going to be at, – at once I tell the entire story – you'll appreciate right. that this has been Carl's story not Rick's story and that solidified Take that for my what, stance but but right. i i was th- and I, I but i was thinking it's like well maybe you could do that with the green sock and maybe he's like you know maybe maybe he'll be like a john connor stock cuz you know of course this is all this is not just is me fan theory, this is not like my certain knowledge but but maybe he intends him to be more of a john connor where he's his mind and leadership is what he's not as much of a physical badass as and a madman as his father mm-hmm. like okay i could see i guess where he so so I was processing all that, and then it turns out it didn't happen. But no, I, I thought that when I thought it was actually brilliant that he did it, and plus I also think the other wild card is I don't know that Kirkman and Gimple and uh, Nicotero are even though just because it's a bad idea doesn't mean they won't do it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like somehow sure, the sure. fact that they 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 tend to like uh they're the type of guys that would see the signs outside the airport that says severe tire damage ahead, don't back over this strip and be like fuck it, reverse. You know, they they kind of do that on this Some, show sometimes, yeah. And like you and maybe it's like because they've heard like Vince Gilligan say, "Oh, I like to paint us into a quarter and not know how to get out." And then that's our challenge for next season. They're like, "Oh, fuck it." Right. You know, uh, we're going to do an extreme version of that, but they're just enough. got that you, you, you fucking mad men aspect of their writing and the way they run the show that mm-hmm. that's the other thing meta that was going through my mind. Okay. I could see
0: that. Uh, Is I, this I a definitely... discussion
1: we should have in the spoiler section, BT dubs. I don't think so. Okay. Cause I, I, at this point I don't think they're ever going to cut Rick's arm off. Or any no I don't think they're gonna arm. cut an arm
0: off period because
1: like when they when they started to do Carl it
0: solidified it for me that they weren't gonna cut his arm off because right. uh, like you said Kirkman views Carl as the main character I think Chandler Riggs probably has a longer life on this show than Andrew Lincoln does I think if if either of them are gonna go it's Andrew Lincoln first yeah he's a way more expensive sure and he's B older right uh, and if he's not the main character of this story in the creator's eyes why why would he kill off what he views as the main character.
1: Yeah, but so they, they, then when again. they said
0: cut off Carl's arm, I I heard that and i heard kirkman saying that he's the main character i heard kirkman saying i can't believe i cut rick's hand off because that was a big mistake right. there's no way they're going to cut the main character's hand off
1: and you're and, right and in perpetuity going forward you you right. going to be disfigured uh you were right but i i for 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 my part thought there's just enough of their them just being madmen that that might happen <laughs> yeah yeah Possible because uh, I've definitely seen them make questionable decisions and with much for, for much less payoff too. That's the thing. Like I've seen them do bi- way bigger mistakes and missteps and handicaps than that with way less emotional devastation payoff too. <laughs> right, right. Um, do you think that I, I also kept couldn't help but think that maybe that was a, a glimmer of a chink in Negan's armor? The fact that he did pull the abraham uh you know the 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 old testament abraham and 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 didn't make rick go through it
0: i don't know it's Is interesting that, because i think that gives abraham leverage in the future cuz if he makes him cut carl's wait, arm wait, off negan yeah cuz you're now saying abraham Abra- i said you abraham said Abra- leverage yeah you did that gives abraham a lot of le- <laughs> no uh negan leverage in the future because he can but what's can, isaac going to say he he can always go back to that well right like yeah, it might have like, driven Rick ma- over the edge. Making, he might have just sure, flipped.
1: Making him confront the reality and knowing that there's nothing. Like, I've still got my foot on your, your my boot on your throat. And this right. could happen at any time. And it can happen with Daryl. Or yeah. it can happen with your son. Or I can make, I or worse yet, I can make your son cut pieces off of Daryl. Or sure. Daryl cut pieces off your son. Yeah. Like, I can do this at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're. It gives
0: him a little taste of, of what it could be to come if he doesn't listen.
1: Yeah, I th- I think you're probably right.
0: Whereas it might have just rid- driven Rick right over the edge and Rick jumps up, bites his throat out and right everyone's dead. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he point. just he
1: just pull he just goes the the nuclear option at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know. Are we ready for feedback? Yes. So before we get to feedback, we have a new ex- sponsor to talk about that I am personally pretty excited for. Uh, it's a company called HelloFresh, and if you're not familiar with HelloFresh, uh, they're a company that wants to change the way that people eat forever. Basically, by delivering uh, easy to cook, convenient meals uh, that are great tasting and nutritious to your door, uh, keeps you from having to go out to the store, um, spend spending endless hours. Like it always takes me forever to prepare like a shopping list because I have to look up a recipe. And I got to figure out okay, there's it's always for like 18 people or something that you're trying to cook like oh buy eight pounds of pork loin or something and i'm like well how do i convert that to something i can eat uh with me and my girlfriend and it's like uh an hour before i figured out what recipe i want to cook and how to cook it and then i gotta go to the store and shop well hello fresh makes it super easy because they box all that shit up in two-person or four-person meal plans. I think, I think when you said shit, you meant to say great tasting and, well, and nutritious food. It's, it's a colloquialism. <laughs> they're boxing that shit up, and they're sending shit it to Shit can you, mean so many things. Right, directly <laughs> to your door. It's it's great shit, trust me. I, so they sent me three meals, and I've tried them all. Uh, they sent me a salmon meal, a salmon dish, a chicken dish, and a beef dish. What was it Beef Wellington? It was not Beef Wellington. Oh, Rams, you'll no. be so disappointed. No, it was... Uh, it was some some kind of like I forget the exact name of the dish, but it was a a like steak on top of, of salad mm. sort of thing. Uh, very fresh. Uh, like I was impressed with all the ingredients that came with it. Um, first of all, the recipes were really good. Like my favorite, I think, was probably the chicken dish, which was like chicken and farro and uh, mozzarella and like a lot of a lot of different kinds of spices. And they they correctly portion everything for you so you don't have to like oh break open a package use a third of it and then throw the rest away in two weeks or let it sit and rot in your cabinets like I always do (laughs) Uh, which is really handy for me it's also very fresh like they just send you a live chicken yes they send you (laughs) a live chicken (laughs) and no no it's also way more convenient than that they send you the dead chicken pre-skinned pre-defeathered and, and it's, you know, they send you, like, greens that look better than half of the greens I've How seen in the stores. How do they do that? Well, they do it all with, like, a, a big box with a bunch of, like, ice packs in the bottom. Oh, so they like actually do. They
1: got some kind of chilling device.
0: Right, right. So they put, like, some styrofoam at the bottom of a box with ice packs under it, and it keeps everything cool while it sits at your door while you're at work or whatever, uh, and you come home and get it. And all of our stuff was super fresh, and it was super tasty. So I, I was really happy with the service um I've, I've tried other services that send you like pre-cooked meals to where you know it's it's already prepared for you and a it's not as satisfying because i kind of like to cook so if they can send me the ingredients and i can make something in 30 minutes or less uh that's always a bonus and also this is way way tastier because it's not preheated stuff you're actually cooking it
1: uh sounds th- like a good time for the old taste buds okay is that their slogan yeah good time the old taste that's that's for that you can have that for free
0: yeah uh so they also have a employed a full-time employed dietitian on staff to make these things nutritionally balanced uh which is pretty awesome always wanted one of those yeah um so right now we're actually doing a special offer with them if you go to uh hellofresh.com that's h-e-l-l-o-f-r-e-s-h.com and you enter the promo code twd Uh, You can save $35 off your first week of deliveries when you subscribe, and that's actually a pretty hefty discount, I think. So uh, Go check it out, hellofresh.com, use promo code TWD, and uh, enjoy some fresh and tasty food delivered right to your door. Treat for the old taste buds. Okay, we start off with Beverly B. She says, this show is definitely on probation, and it's not because they killed Glenn or Abraham or broke Rick, but because the entire episode appeared to be designed to torture the audience. A, by giving 20 minutes to merely catch up with where we were months ago. B, by consistently making us think someone was losing a hand. And C, by showing every single character get hit by a bat. The show has dealt with horror and cruelty for years, but this came across like they were being cruel to the audience. There's always been something vaguely unrespectable about watching this show. I'm a professional woman with children, for Pete's sake. If I forget and make a reference to The Walking Dead in the office, I have to face the Puritans who say they could never watch stuff uh, this stuff, and I weekly try to explain that much of the violence is cartoonish, and the love I have for the characters, and to be honest, this always felt weak. I didn't think I convinced anyone, but I didn't really care. I love the show, didn't care if other people didn't get it, but this, this was the first episode I was kind of embarrassed to have watched. Wow. So, a lot of people are talking about, you know, just the extreme gore in this episode. Uh, I have, I have a a opinion of this that has been very long in the making. What what do you think
1: about like the level of gore that was in this episode? Uh what's the emailer's name? Beverly B. Beverly B. Beverly, I think you've got some cognitive dissonance about your choices of entertainment that are causing you unneeded guilt and and and, and fucking with your ability to enjoy it. Uh that's just my personal opinion as someone who's had a lot of cognitive dissonance in my life. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, fuck those people at your office. Like you don't have <laughs> okay. to, you don't have to define your enjoyment of something in in the terms of their inability to deal with 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 violence and adult and adult situations and stuff. Yeah. So like, if you're embarrassed because you like to, if you're embarrassed to, for watching the show for a variety of reasons, I mean that's your business and you're free to do it. But I would hate for your enjoyment to be shaped by the expectations and judgments of other people because you know there's no there's no um subjective reason to feel that way like they don't have any moral superiority over you um because sure. you know this is something because it, you know the, it, it'd be one thing you know, and know there's also there's there's people to watch this for the violence and don't feel anything it's just you know it's just an admiration of the special effects and that's fine you know I mean I watch no. it and, I, and when they do stuff to me and it makes me feel something I enjoy that like I there I felt sick in this episode I felt you know, devastated, and and you know, part of the reason I watch fiction is because I like to feel those things. Um, so yeah, I felt sick too, but I have a cold. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your opinion? Uh, yeah, that's that's largely
0: uh, con- congruous with my uh, take on it. I, it, I have been a horror fan for a very long time, mm-hmm. and horror is something, especially back in the day, that a lot of people didn't take seriously. A lot of people thought was. Both ridiculous and schlocky, and ultra-violent, and um, gratuitous, and all those things. Uh, I have long since come to terms with the idea that people may hear that I love horror movies and bad horror movies at that, and you know, form an opinion of me. Don't care <laughs> because I enjoy those things. Right. And if you think that this is out of line, um, you just you need to go look at more horror because this is not an especially gory episode i mean or of the walking dead it is but not an especially gory horror uh adaptation well there's other things like i like uh, in you, the in the f- f- opening scenes of dawn the original dawn of the dead it, it's a dude running into a building raiding a building and going insane and blowing people's heads off in the projects like just people's heads exploding in a shower of gore and blood like right. Those are the kinds of things you're going to see in horror, and if you enjoy those
1: on any level, this is not any worse than that. Well, I do think there's a difference between that where it is like, yes, that's a horrific scenario, but we don't feel one thing or another about the person pulling the trigger to people's heads exploding. Where Whereas Glenn is struggling to say with his last conscious moments, one last reassuring thing to his wife and a tragic right. thing. The fact that I'll always find you, that's always been true. And now it's not. Well, look like, at things like the fly. I mean, the like, fly is fucking horrifying in the same ways. But what I'm saying is, like, everyone's got to draw the line. Like, I don't like torture, what I call torture porn. I don't like Mm -hmm. hostile. I don't like the green fucking bush or whatever, the the green inferno. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Or I don't like that stuff that's just purely statistic. I don't think this passes that bar because I think uh, Negan is a far more interesting person, and he's doing these things for a a particular effect. It's not just uh, sadism for sadism's effect. But that's a purely Mm -hmm. subjective. Right. it's a purely I subjective like that opinion that I have I'm not yeah. saying that you're a bad person if you like it, it's just like that's not my kind of fun, you know and the people who can't distinguish between
0: someone who enjoys watching this stuff in a fictional setting on a television screen and right. someone who would actually go out in real life and do this shit right. they just, they aren't Th- their opinion isn't valuable right because there are certainly people who enjoy it like myself who would never do these things to real people
1: right and there's certainly people that are turned off by this that if the chips were down would be fucking jackbooted nazis shoving people in the gas right. chambers and ovens so right. beverly i would say that like don't let others shape your opinions if, if these, this is the opinion that you're having and it's a, your genuine critical critical reaction. You should obviously you know listen to that. Um, yeah, if but you're if disgusted
0: by it, you don't you don't
1: have to watch it. Yeah. Come on. Um. But I would encourage you to make sure that that's your voice and not others, and also to right. not let you know not not do the same thing. Don't don't judge others because they do enjoy it. So, but yeah. All right, Dan from Philly says, "Well, they sucked me back in. Damn it! Six months later,
0: a week of Walking Dead nonstop on AMC, all leading up to one hell of an episode. Dark, twisted. It was everything it always should have been." Was it ridiculous to have Daryl get Glenn killed? Sure, but it worked, and everyone knew AMC wasn't killing off their moneymaker.
1: And I, I bought it. I actually think that's a genuine reaction that Daryl would have. Yeah, yeah, he's an animal; he wouldn't be able to control
0: himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate—I hated the cliffhanger, but the bastards made up for it. The scariest part of all of this is to me is there's fifteen more to go, and where or how do they top this? So I, I'm trying to include like the gamut here. I want people who. Yeah, yeah, said totally. They
1: loved it. People who said they hated it, and I and, and that's the thing. Like I, I feel like I've been generous with my praise of this episode, and I'm genuine in that praise. I will say that mm-hmm. if they don't fuck around, this could be a very memorable stretch of sixteen episodes, right? If they do fuck around, then it can be another hit and miss, up and down, uneven season, and we will see yeah. what they do. Like, are they going to have...
0: episode Sasha and Maggie walk if, to the hilltop?
1: If if they, yes, if if they tell this, if they tell this Negan plot full throttle and they don't stop and they don't have diversions, they don't you know don't they're going to do just... a very special episode of Negan as a child for four episodes, <laughs> or if you know uh, uh, Morgan and Carol don't traipse through the woods well, debating that's morality. Yeah. Also, how does this change? Because, you know, how does this change Carol? You know, Carol's a one-man army. Like, if Rick right. unleashes her...
0: Oh, she's just going to Tasmanian like, Devil through Like, she's going to be
1: Achilles, you know? Well, or... she's
0: out on her own. I mean, Morgan and, and her just... I don't know what the hell they're doing, but they're not
1: in Alexandria anymore, sure. so... Yeah. He'd have to find her. Uh, yeah, I like I said this this could be this could be an a, an all-time classic season. This could be the exact kind of season aims that, that the Walking Dead needs that 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 Scott Gimple can announce that I am here and I'm taking this thing to where it's rightful place in the TV pantheon is going to be uh-huh. uh you know or it could be more of the same. Yep. So uh it's both of those possibilities are all as always on the table at this show.
0: Well, we heard the good, let's hear the bad. Mitch from South Carolina says what a bummer what a wasted opportunity can you imagine last season's finale if they just showed the deaths and started with the grief to begin the season amazing acting amazing shots hell even direction no complaints about the actual deaths just ruined by Gimple Kirkman don't even get me started on the torture porn with the axe and all the disrespectful trolling of the comic fans I'm out thanks thank God for Westworld (laughs) so a lot of people you know both on the internet and in our feedback proclaiming they're out they're done with the
1: the show. Wow, I you know it's interesting because I don't you know I ever since I've turned this mailbag over to you, it's been nice because my opinion. Um, I I don't know what other people are going to say. I right. I would have guessed that the by far majority reaction was going to be I'm reinvested. Yes, it's a bummer. Yes, you know they should have done things this way. They should have done things that way. But I feel like I am kind of, you know, this is why I watch The Walking Dead and this is kind of like the best the 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 best of, of the walking dead can be and of course you know it's directed by Greg Nicotero and written by the the Gimple this is the yeah. the, the the giants of of the field um, I was
0: skeptical that Nicotero actually directed this one when i saw that dawn was breaking
1: <laughs> i thought maybe he would just skip that's that that's where the but... fog came from it rained dawn broke the sun <laughs> heated up the ground the sun went back you know it's a reversed orbit um yeah i uh, but but um so, so, I so what, of, what's your, so? Give me a breakdown, percentage-wise, fan reaction, just judging by our mailbag. Uh, it was pretty split,
0: I'd say. Um, I, I thought it was Are, maybe sixty forty positive, but really,
1: but a, I think a lot of people made up their mind last season and they were wanting they were kind of watching this episode arms crossed like win me back over right i'm actually and nothing would have done that for them yeah i mean people say that all the time but i'm always i'm always interested in like you know whether they really mean that because well there are some people who probably thought that and said that and then they'll
0: continue to watch anyway uh
1: uh, that's, like, I guess that's fair too. I view their i
0: I view the audience is very fragmented, uh, and every time they break off a fragment, they
1: lose mm-hmm. audience share mm-hmm. <laughs> on this show. And also, maybe we're representing because I I guess I've had a break with this show before. Where like yeah. I just can't take it that serious anymore, right? And they need like they need a full sixteen episode of like balls to the wall execution at a very high level to get me back to where I could be disappointed. But so maybe some of these people are just like they've been hanging on, and this is now the breaking point, and they're still going to keep watching the show, but maybe more like we do. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, because
1: be. it's confusing to me, like why this would be the one of all the missteps. Like why is this the one that uh, that, that man? I just felt like they got it, gave us a lot of red meat. Yeah, literally. Yeah, <laughs> lots, <I> mean... <laughs> lots of red, twitching, gross uh, piles of meat. Yeah,
0: David says though I'm impressed the uh, show finally killed someone of real importance, and he says he was yelling at his screen for only killing Abraham, and then they got him good. Uh, my question is more about the universe as a whole. In this episode, we had a massive group of people screaming, crying, talking, guts being splattered all over the ground, and not a single walker attacked this buffet of flesh, of flesh and brains. We also had them drive an RV into the middle of a horde of walkers with zero issues. I'm in the middle of rewatching from the start, and it is clear the walkers have become increasingly weaker. In the first season, walkers not only run and run fast, but they attempt to turn doorknobs and even use rocks to break glass doors. I know in later seasons, cars, trucks have broken down by just running over too many walkers as well. So, my question is, why did the walkers become so pathetic? Is this the show's way of telling the audience that the walkers are actually fading away, or that they, the longer they stay dead, the more human traits they forget. Or am I giving this show too much credit?
1: This is a show. This is a perennial question, right? So I think this. I think the. I think it's both. I think number one, the, all those rules in the first season were Darabont things, and yeah. they had like the zombie Bible, and they intended to kind of like stick to that. And then I got that zombie Bible got thrown out with Darabont. Yep. Clean out your fucking office and take that fucking Bible with you. Um, on the other hand. I do think this is is something in the comics too that yes, these zombies, why their their rotting is slowed and, and and you know retarded from the fact that they've got whatever it is virus, it's not as aggressive as you would expect the decomposing corpse to be. Right. Three years in the you know heat of Georgia or whatever, the swamp like conditions of DC, mm-hmm. um, it's still taking its toll, and the zombies are increasingly not the threat that they right. used to be. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of both.
0: Okay. Mark C says, sorry, I'm going to be that guy. They should have totally ended season six. It sucked my nuts. It would have been <laughs> given us a false sense of security and would have given more of a punch to Glenn's death. Mm. Uh, so he's basically saying, kill Abraham in the finale, kill Glenn in the premiere.
1: Well, so that's that's interesting because, I mean, I think optimally they should have just ended with this episode and maybe shortened up a lot of the the Morgan craft that they were pulling. Right. Um but that would have been interesting because if they they'd ended on abraham's death we wouldn't have had the meta discussion of oh my god they're dicking around with us and they're stretching things out and then yeah. they could have opened with glenn's death and we would have got kind of almost the best of both worlds like i i don't know cuz that certainly no one would be looking for another death right um I don't know. I don't know if that'd work. Like I said, in, in a perfect world, we would have ended at the end of this episode and then next, then everybody's jazzed about because that's the real mystery is how is Rick going to overcome this? Is Rick going to overcome this? Yeah. Um, and not just Rick. This is no longer just Rick's problem. This is affecting a lot of people. Uh, one last point from
0: Mark C. He says, also, poor Enid is still trapped in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Six
1: months later. Well, also, what is Tara going to do when she gets back? Oh, my God. Right. I forgot Denise is
0: dead, and she doesn't know yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was like that time in Community when Donald Glover went to go get pizza, and he comes back, and his apartment's on fire. Like, it's that <laughs> gif, you know? That's pretty, Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be a hell of a shoe to drop. There's like four or five shoes that dropped, and people don't have that many feet. So. Yeah, because I mean, she had an attachment to
0: Glenn. Glenn's the one that brought her in, right? Yeah. To this group and said, "Hey, we we accept you, even though you were part of the governor's crew. We're gonna take you in." Yeah. So she's got the double whammy coming when she gets back. Yeah. No. Totally. Uh, Ben from London, Ontario, not UK. Right. Uh says, I actually thought it was a good episode. A little stalling at first, that's to be expected, but in the end they did a really good job setting Negan up as someone to be feared. I thought one of, one of either Carl or Rick was losing their arm for sure. Here's the problem with the show, and they've done this for the last two, possibly three finales and mid-season finales. They're always one episode off. The episode ones and nines are always phenomenal, and then they're downhill from there showing the fallout. The ones should be 16s and the nines should be 8s. End of this ends the season off with a bang, and then build it back up for a finale. Not I, sure why they're not doing this. They're like the reverse Game of Thrones. Yeah, right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point, and that's a great way uh, to articulate it. I yeah, just shift everything one episode, right? Right, and also, also, I think you know they're letting we're letting them off easy too, because the level of intensity throughout the the mid part of the season should be there should be a constantly ratcheting up tension. It shouldn't all just be bang finales, bang finales. It should always right. be ideally you know something that really grips you and hooks you and some mystery and some character moments and some intrigue and some action that slowly keeps increasing and increasing until you hit these resolutions of the the finales um yeah but yeah like everybody needs to take a page out of breaking bad's book it's pedal
0: to the metal it's constant build up to a season finale that blows
1: your mind I mean, it's not constant. I remember podcasts, and there was be two or three episode stretches where there was lulls to build that tension.
0: Right. But I'm but, also not But that's gonna... also, like, servicing characters and getting them into the place where sure. they need to be for that final moment, right? Yes, yes. It's not like they're out in the woods just rehashing things that they've talked about for three seasons in a row now. Right. So, I don't know. Cheryl from Steeler Nation. I don't know what Steeler Nation is, but whatever
1: Uh, it's Pittsburgh but it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the difference between a nation and a metropolitan area
0: okay Uh, (laughs) hey guys I'll keep this short since you probably get a metric ton of metric ass ton of feedback for the season premiere have a question for you never mind the fact that we're talking about a show where people are constantly getting ripped apart and eaten alive by zombies kids are murdering kids and a man is forced to watch cannibals eat his leg but a bat to the head is too much what do you think of all the people who are rage quitting over the violent content of the first episode
1: I think this is a slightly different question from before in that... I mean, I I, I I can't throw too many stones because I live in a glass house, which was the Americans. Like, right. uh, I had seen a whole bunch of ethically and morally questionable shit, and a guy seducing a 13-year-old is where I tapped out. Now, And never me, fucking that 13-year-old, might I add. Well, I mean, but just dis- dangling... It's kind of like, you know, then dangling the possibility that he might fuck a 13 year old is gross to me haven't they done that
0: in the walking dead didn't somebody threaten to fuck carl it wasn't the yeah. hero
1: it wasn't the hero it wasn't it wasn't daryl debating yeah. whether it was a good idea or whether he should do it for the good of the, <laughs> well the team. we're not sure he hasn't debated that so, so, not like, so, so I'm, saying, I'm not defending that because this is right, not right. you know and, yeah. and people that watched americans weren't monsters and weren't child predators or weren't being i mean i'm, I'm right. not trying to say that um On the other hand, like, so that was a difference of kind, Mm -hmm. you know, like Philip seducing, you know, Swedish ambassadors was different than him seducing with the aid of drugs, uh, a 13 year old, uh, a a girl. Um, Sure. With the the aid of music, by the way. I thought it was dry. Didn't he get her high, too? He did it mostly with music. I don't know. Just a guy showing up with uh, some some, uh, fucking Miller high life and a blunt. I think think it was White Lines that sealed the deal. I really do. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, (laughs) uh, I, I think that was a difference of kind, not degree. This seems like a difference of degree. Like, we did see guys get their heads bashed into bats and slit their throats like cattle um and I also but I also think that people also like to rationalize their decisions. Like I don't think any person that didn't have their foot already out of the door on this show would would say that. Um I okay. mean not I mean the human condition's vast, there's probably some people, but <laughs> right. I think a lot of this is just people wanting Wanting an excuse to quit the the weekly ritual of watching a the show, they're invested, they spend a lot of time, they don't want to feel like this is some arbitrary knee jerk reaction, um, and it probably is, so they're like, Well, this is just a shocking level of violence that I wasn't prepared to watch. But And there are probably some people who legitimately like this was the line for them. Yeah. And that's fine too, you know. You know what the line AMC found is that they wouldn't cross? What? The line that was on Carl's arms. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> They'll yeah. go right up to it, but they won't cross that line with an axe. There's there's a really great Duran
0: Duran joke in here somewhere, callback, but I can't find it. Okay, I can't find it. I so we're going help on you. to Shelby, who says, so now that we know that it is Abraham that got the the bat first, two things. If the point of view in the finale was Abraham, then why don't we hear him tell Negan to suck his balls in the the <laughs> finale?
1: Damn good question. It's because they played fast and loose and they were trying to trick us. I don't think they had. I, I don't think they decided. There was some right. kind of a private AMC had to sign off and triplicate on whoever they killed, and that, that they didn't have that done. Right.
0: Uh, okay, second question. What was with the continuous point of view in the van in the finale when Abraham was never actually in the van? Why would you spend a whole episode insinuating that a person in the van gets the bat when bat first when they clearly don't?
1: Wait, why? I, I guess I don't. I, that was a I, theory
0: that I never really signed off on. Okay, I, I was going to see if you how much you remembered about this because
1: I vaguely remember people talking about the POV in the van. I do too, um, and I thought I remember saying that I don't really agree with that. Right, and, there and I, I thought that that's, that's true. Du- I mean, you know, some of these things are like they everyone saw the show tries to play the big boy camera tricks and POVs that it's not quite ready for. And I think that might've been one of the cases, but I, yeah, I, I never found that very persuasive. Okay. Uh, Phil and in Indy says,
0: who says he should have just watched Westworld instead. Uh, as a casual viewer who didn't rewatch any of the episodes leading up to the premiere, I felt like there was a real lack of buildup and impact to the deaths of Glenn and Abraham. I'm, I'm right there with you, Phil and in Indy. Uh, They didn't hit me the way I think they would have in the finale. Uh, The episode throws me right into what is supposed to be one of the biggest moments of the series, but after several months of of off and on interaction between these characters and their loved ones before they go, not feeling the weight of the moment like I should. It's like I forget why I should care. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I cannot argue with that. They did the best they could coming back, like building it up. I thought they almost pulled it off for me just... Maybe slightly damper than it would have been had it happened last season.
1: And I don't know. Maybe I found it easier to put myself in the point of view of uh, someone who's seeing a loved one just be horrifically mangled and, like, kind of like the, the weird courage that both Abraham and Glenn showed in their final moments. Um, uh, and just how like what a horrible mockery it was like Glenn trying to do this this heroic noble thing and touching thing for his wife and with his eye bulging out and his skull fractured like yeah just... just
0: just don't bother man
1: you're just scarring her more but but yeah, that's that's <laughs> but that's part of the tragedy I mean it's just, I know. just horrible it's horrific in every time. Kind of, and I guess that's kind of why I like to watch The Walking Dead it's uh, and right. it's best it makes us confront that thing and and somehow at the end of the day the good pe- the good guys should win they should find a way to win and and um so yeah like i i don't know why it worked for me and i'm not starting to feel like i'm doing a bad job of being the curmudgeon that i'm supposed to be for this show (laughs) like i'm not giving like i'm going to once again rope it up the audience like you're not going to get what you want from me it's Um, that break you
0: had right that we talked about you know i mean we're not
1: we're not taking
0: the show quite as seriously because it has shown us that it doesn't want to be taken quite that seriously and so we give it a little more latitude we don't we don't feel like we're, we're going to be as critical of it because it's not what it's for. Right. Or at least I feel that way. Like I, I just more enjoy it for the sake of watching it. And it's, you know, it's well within my, my genres that I like. Right. So for me, it's, it still hits most of the time and you know, I'll keep watching. Well, it. That's the
1: thing. Like, I guess I haven't, Maybe that's the difference is that I have I, I laugh and enjoy the show when it falls on its face, but it also can surprise me. It's like a toddler. Right. Okay. You know, every once in a while yeah. they'll trip and fall and sometimes they cry you know, they cry and like, Oh, that's okay, buddy. Pick yourself back up and then every once in a while they'll say, you know, they'll give you a hug and make you feel good. Uh, right. Or totally surprise you at what they say. But yeah, Ames the walking dead is like a two year old toddler. Yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> At this point. Jeremy L. from Pennsylvania says, Hey guys, if
0: you remember a while back, Robert Kirkman was on Chris Hardwick's talk show and basically flat out said that Glenn would not be killed by the bat. Clearly this is not the case. In retrospect, how does this make you guys feel about the show or Kirkman himself? This is a good time to talk about Kirkman's trolling.
1: Uh, Yeah, we've talked about this many, many times. Like What Kirkman does with his audience in the mailbag and on interviews, I find unconscionable and I could never ever ever do it for people that have you know given me millions upon millions of dollars in such a high profile like it's not it's definitely my character to troll and to play to be a practical jokester but it's also I guess I have too much feeling of gratitude to uh, it's it's sometimes funny to think about but something you don't actually do the fact that he does I find kind of horrifying and like that's a reason to stop watching the show and stop giving him money right there yeah, I have long since stopped listening
0: to what Kirkman says about anything because right. uh, he you know, I, I take him seriously, I guess, back in the day when he said the biggest mistake he made was to cut off Rick's hand. But as of late, I've been it's it's the game of fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice a hundred times, whatever. Can't get fooled
1: again. I also think it's a way to give the fans what they say they want, but also give the fans what they probably need. Like, mm-hmm. they want people to give them answers, and they don't expect to get straightforward answers. So he gives them what seems like a straightforward answer. And, and spoil Like, you know, it's like it's always dumb. Like, you know, uh, no. freak, you get these stars on television shows, and the host always get this impish look on their face. Like, oh, can you tell us what happens next? Like, just once I would love for Kit Harington to be like, uh, fucking yeah, Daenerys actually wins. <laughs> she sits on the, the iron throne. I, well, like, and just a hush fall over the crowd yeah. and everybody gets super bummed out. It's like, well, that's what you wanted, isn't it? Right. And there's a little bit about that that I kind of admire that he's doing this throwing sh- it it's like this flack. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, you know, uh, it's it's like shooting flares and bits of tinfoil at your ass to throw off a homing missile. Right. Like he's putting so much bullshit out there that how do you know what's real and what's not? Having said that, this
0: is the reason that I pay more attention to the fan communities and stuff and and the actual like independent spoilers that come out. than what any actor or producer or director has to say about the show, unless I feel like they're being honest to me, because none of it. it, It's all a smokescreen to some degree. Yeah. I mean, until you get past an episode, something has been aired and people are talking about it in retrospect. They're never going to be able to be honest with you. And so it's pointless to listen to any of this. I don't watch The Talking Dead anymore. I don't I Although don't I wish, read AMC's newsletters that I get
1: sent. I, don't, I wish I had watched The Talking Dead last night because it sounded like I – mean, I'm, I'm going to try to find a, uh, some way to watch it because it did seem – they had like the damn whole damn cast on. And everyone's talking about it like it was a lot of fun. Hmm, Not okay. because I give a shit about what they're going to have to say, but just I, I kind of get a kick out of like how they interact with each other. Right, right. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Like – Um, But the
0: fans are out there speculating and pulling pieces out of the episode, like conclusive proofs of things, and then you get spoilers leaked, and those are the things I pay attention to.
1: Like I don't even like watching The Next Week's On because I've just learned from years of doing this is that their job is not to inform you. Their job is to to treat you like a mushroom, to keep you in the dark and feed you a lot of bullshit and keep you addicted to this information and be constantly thinking about the show. Yeah. I already Not constantly interested. think about the show for, for without their, their involvement and their misdirection. Yeah. All right, Olivia says I'm one of the fans who was disappointed with the finale and I felt
0: cheated on an emotional character death by AMC with their social media hashtag whoisit and how they exclaimed how great it would be to discuss it over the break. I felt like last night's premiere- And No one did.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm subscribed to all the forums, and no, that was not. Like they did bi- for like two days. It's just, it, it was, yeah. but, but it's mostly bitching about how stupid it was and how transparent the right. manipulation is. So fucking mission accomplished.
0: Uh, I felt like last night's premiere was all shock value, and it failed. As a comic oh, reader,
1: I remember reading issue 100,
0: experiencing Lucille beating panel by panel. I was nervous and uneasy as we went to each character, realizing we were about to lose a great character. When Negan landed on Glenn, it wrecked my shit. I cried. I had to stop reading when Glenn tried to save Maggie while Negan taunted him about his eye being popped out, being gross as shit. I was overwhelmed with the idea of a pregnant woman watching her husband call out uh, to her one last time as he was dying. Last night, I didn't feel that way at all, which is saying something, since I'm 37 weeks pregnant and will cry at almost anything these days.
1: Holy moly. I cried
0: an hour prior to the episode because my husband hung up our son's mobile in his crib. (laughs) I cried the other week watching the new Jungle Book movie.
1: Aaron, more (laughs) emotional than a 37-year-old pregnant woman. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with me?
0: When Abe took his first hit and told Negan to suck my nuts, I laughed, like I'm sure most did. Then nothing. I didn't cry, nor was I saddened by his death, or Sasha's, or Rosita's loss. I knew AMC blew it with me when Glenn was beaten to death, and they kept showing Daryl's reaction more than Maggie. That was the perfect demographic for his death, a pregnant wife, to really affect emotionally, and they failed. All I could focus on them is showing Daryl, and I knew they dropped the ball. I have this feeling we're going to spend more time on Daryl's man pain and guilt over his actions than Maggie's loss of her husband and father of her child. I'm intrigued by the possible exploration of this, um, or of how this will affect Maggie and Daryl's relationship in the future. So what do you think about that? Is there any chance that Maggie's grief might get lost in the Daryl fallout?
1: Of course. Um, ideally, they should do justice to both. Um, yeah. But I've seen it happen before where, you know, Maggie's grief over her sister was completely overshadowed about whatever up their ass thing that she had with Glenn and Daryl. And um, Daryl's, Darryl. you know, as you said, Yeah, Daryl's a constant spotlight stealer. Right. Um, I'm just, honestly, I'm just really bummed out that a, that they fucked this up so bad that so many people can't enjoy it. Right. It's so sad to me, and it's so such a waste of and potential. And it was such an easy thing to get right. Yep. Such an easy thing. Yep, and the fact that they and sat, they- and, like, I don't know what this is, that's the thing I'll never know, whether this was something the AMC demanded and interfered with, or this is something in the writer's room, they're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be awesome, but, like, just the fact that, you know... Nobody brought up that, like, oh man, like, like, think about, like, what if we did it this way though? Like, think about the genuine emotion, like, and and like, the ch- you're talking about if it works, getting the cheap heat versus actually tugging on people's heartstrings and making them feel right. devastated, and like, which is better? And I'm just, oh man, I'm I'm really bummed that uh, this is actually worse than I was expecting.
0: Well, this this cliffhanger brings up kind of a problem in general I, th- I feel with cliffhangers is that cliffhangers are only ever designed to bring your current audience back. Uh-huh. And that's a very strange thing to me when a show ostensibly wants to keep growing, right? If you can get people to say, "Oh my god, last season of that show
1: was so good or so nuts or, or so, so nuts, devastating."
0: That they're going to tell their friends about it and say, "You got it. you got to check this out." Nobody can go to their friends and say they, they've they got a real big question at the end, who's going to die? Because they don't care about the Yeah, is it going characters. to be Abraham or
1: Glenn? They're like, who? They're, yeah, they don't know. That's but, only
0: ever designed to bring current viewers back, not grow your audience. I don't get it.
1: Nope. I always said that, like, cliffhangers are the cheap heat, and also um, there's effective cliffhangers and ineffective cliffhangers, and that finale last uh, we, year, uh, or this earlier this year, failed on both counts. But, okay. man, like I said, I... I really underestimated how <laughs> how bad it would be because I, me sitting in my living room, did yeah. it, it did get me. And I thought there'd be a lot of like, oh, Walking Dead's earned another pass, but whew. All right, Barry C. from the UK says, surely Rick's saying, I'm not going to kill you. It,
0: it's easy to lose this fact in the episode because of the time jumps, but... He says, surely Rick saying, I'm going to kill you right after what happened when Daryl stepped out of line is the stupidest and most negligent thing he has done as a leader, yeah? He was lucky Negan thought it was so pathetic under the circumstances he didn't have to kill anyone else. So, I mean, Daryl jumps up and, yeah, well, he slugs Negan, but Rick tells him, I'm going to kill you, I mean, well, does that was he make
1: the... good on the on the threat that he made? If anybody steps out of line, I'm going ki- to keep killing um. Well, I mean, for one thing, this was past, like, everybody already beat to death, and he got right in his face and was, like, looking for a reaction. But I don't know. Like, to me, this email, to me, this is, like, pretending like the episode didn't happen because the whole episode is precisely about how Negan was going to break Rick and how he's going to make him kowtow and, and eventually do it. And if, you know, so Right, it's but like, if you're
0: Rick in that moment, and you don't have the benefit of foresight into this episode. You've got to take Negan seriously, and if you step out of line, he's going to keep killing people. Do you think that Negan is right in his psychological
1: analysis of Rick?
0: It doesn't matter, because Rick needs—Rick is the question here. Right, like, but I'm saying what's going if, through Rick's head?
1: If if Rick is, is kind of—I think that some of what Negan said about Rick being intoxicated with power and being addicted to the alpha dog— uh, persona and all that stuff is was was pretty true Mm -hmm. so i think negan beating rick down and and or or rick stepping back up to negan and saying that this isn't over um i don't know maybe he was trying to call negan's bluff maybe he wasn't thinking i felt like it was within rick's character to still cling to this bravado that's worked so well for him and this uh, this, this unshakable feeling that they that they they can't lose so like i guess I don't know, it never even occurred to me to criticize the fact that Rick would come and say, I want to kill you. Because also, he's counting no, like... No,
0: right, but it but it feels like a mistake. As someone who just of course, killed more people of for, course. for someone stepping out of line, just did exactly what he said he was going to do, Rick is risking hap- having that happen again by stepping out of line once again.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes, it is a mistake, but I also think it's a mistake within Rick's character, I guess. Certainly, yeah. Like this, like that's something thing. Like, I guess, uh, yeah, I I harp on people making a lot of car- mistakes and whatnot, but like, there's out of character mistakes and there's in character mistakes. Okay, like Walter White continuing to cook meth right. after he had a um, hundred million dollars in a storage shed was a stupid mistake, right? And he, like you know not justifiable, but it's also well within his character. So, mm-hmm. all right,
0: Jeremy from Abu Dhabi says, uh. Love your podcast, continue to listen weekly. I am however, I'm done watching The Walking Dead. Season seven premiere was disgusting and shameful and unequivocally horrible writing Wow, uh, it seemed the producers were trying to make up for four seasons of garbage script writing by giving fans the biggest oh shit moment they could create. It I think that's awful.
1: accurate. I think that's accurate. I don't know why you describe it as awful though like were they supposed to just be like well we'll just can, we'll just shit the bed. You guys are expecting us to shit the bed, so we'll just shit the bed. <laughs> right. Like, Damn, talking about damned if you do damned if you don't right is this what you want right point to it right like it like a football team's down 40 to the to, the to, to nothing in the in the fourth quarter like do you take the snap or you just piss on the ball yeah no one's expecting them to piss on the ball i mean like you know, like maybe it's futile but don't you want him to hike the ball and uh, i don't know yeah that was probably the i i
0: guess most upset email i got Oh. uh, uh just giving you the extremes Joe from New York. The point is moot for now as he's locked up like a caged animal. Daryl is absolutely the reason for Glenn's death. We talked a little bit about this. Uh Uh, His recklessness has become a huge liability for the entire group. It was Daryl running off into the woods alone, the same woods where he last saw a dozen armed, a half dozen armed saviors that got Glenn Michonne and Rosita captured and put in that lineup. His asinine defiance in front of Negan and Lucille was really just Glenn's killing blow you can like the character and his badassness, but you cannot defend or you cannot deny the show is using his stupidity to move the plot. He acts selfishly and has thus far faced no tangible consequences except for blame, and fans want to absolve him of even that. But this will be but, interesting to see how and if this massive karmic buildup is paid off at Negan's compound.
1: I'm not absolved. Yes, yes, that last part I fully agree. With that I'm not absolving Daryl's shit. I'm just saying yeah, that, like we've had seasons of them pulling their ass out of fire by ripping throats out with teeth and biting nuts with teeth and Uh doing all this other improbable stuff and still winning because that's what they do. You know, like they're getting punished for doing for for using a successful playbook. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's true. That's, this is the plot. You are fully appreciating the plot. (laughs) This is actually – for once, The Walking Dead is actually – that's the thing I think is funny is that people are, like, accusing them of, of, you know, doing these stupid things. But at least this is the one time that I feel like it's actually part of the plot. And I don't know. Maybe because I've certainly had this accusation lobbied against me the other direction. And I've I've said – Middle fingers to the to to the the differing opinions. So maybe this is my comeuppance. But I feel like this is the one thing where like all of this stupidity is actually intentional, and you're supposed to think like what a Greek tragedy this all is. That Rick has finally run to the end of his rope, and what is he going to do? Yeah, and that goes for Daryl. I mean, down the line, Maggie, all that you know. There's going to be a lot of recrimination and a lot of this was your fault and this is my fault and how you know like buckle up buckle up because that's what's coming yep so nathan p final
0: email um has a couple things to say so first of all you guys probably need a new itunes podcast logo because i doubt rick and carl are dying before the end of the show Should (laughs) make it a contest or something uh so if people don't know what we do with our show logo is every time one of the original cast members from some promo shot that i pulled back in season one dies we we gray them out in the logo mm-hmm. so that only the characters who are still living are in color. Uh, as of this episode, that consists only of Rick and Carl. Carol's not in that? No. Okay. Everyone else in that picture is dead. Alright. Uh, so I did go ahead and modify the logo so oh, you nice. are seeing the new <laughs> logo with Glenn grayed out. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a while, I think. And it had been a few seasons before I since I had to uh, gray
1: anybody else out, but right. it'll be a long
0: time before
1: right. I gray do, so one of the So, I guess we haven't discussed this yet. Do we, and this is the final email, so it's time to do it. Don't they get any credit for killing some OG cast and some fairly important, like, two of them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it sucks because the Dumpster Fire Glenn stuff mm-hmm. in some ways spoiled this. In some ways, you know, I... I think it was lessened by having that uh, that really just big fiasco. Yeah. But I don't know.
1: I mean, it still works. It's still powerful. You well, still but it didn't, want Glenn like, around. I, I felt like that I always, I always think that I'm going to be the toughest audience in the room, mm-hmm. but clearly I'm not. I'm a softie compared to a lot of these people writing in, and that's kind of shocking to me that I'm right. not the 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 most difficult to please uh, fan in the room. Um, maybe that's well, the we normal do. Now.
0: I, I feel like a lot of our podcasts have selected the audience that maybe wants to pick on the show a little bit uh-huh. more than the average fan. Uh-huh. So maybe we're we're seeing a biased sampling hmm. of of walking dead fans hmm. i'm sure there are many many people out there who oh yeah like appreciated like, this much more than our particular but it does fans seem like did.
1: the are like uh back when i was doing feedback anyway that like so well that's not even true um by the end of last season i felt like our takes and like what reddit was thinking and like what the forums are thinking and some of the other show communities are thinking were kind of one-to-one hmm um, and like that, the big mishandling of the dumpster, the dumpster fiasco and the thing had kind of all bright, we are all kind of like, uh, hate watching the walking dead. Um, cause I, when I got and I read like, cause you know, I'm not reading the feedback now cause you're doing that. But when I was reading Reddit, like it seemed like near universal acclaim with the asterisks of everyone saying as good as this was, it would have been that much better had they not fucked up the end of last season. Right. And to hear people not even like even giving them that much credit, I, I guess is kind of uh, surprising to me. Okay, but and also like I maybe they're just um, I don't know because like if they you know if next week this is going to be a two episode arc of 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 sh G- or um, Carol and Morgan walking through the woods and like yeah. that stuff needs to happen, but like. If it's just all about that and we go away from this reaction, I'm going to be right back to like, oh, my God, they're back to squandering opportunities. So, Right. Yeah, maybe I'm being – I don't know. I just felt like I – maybe I was more willing to be pleased because I was afraid to just go in with a totally negative reaction. But, man, I feel like I'm really out of touch with what people are thinking (laughs) after this feedback session.
0: Well, I mean, Nathan didn't even like uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's monologuing. So, Really? Yeah. He might have been impossible to please. Uh, he says, we've waited this long for Negan to show up, and now we just want him to shut up. I don't know if I agree with that. I think Jeffrey uh, yeah, Morgan I he's, was the best part of the episode. I thought he's magnetic. Yeah. Uh, he's terrifying and yet somehow cool. And... Here's some good stuff, and I feel like this is universally praised, a uh, uh, praised section of the episode. He says, that That said, I felt more attached to Carl's arm than with either of their deaths. That was tense, if not slightly redundant. I would have thought Rick might have felt a little broken after losing his best friend and moral compass, but alas, it's due to his son that he submits. I think I was even more attached to Carl's arm than Carl was.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That was the most, by far, the most effective part of this episode. Also, Carl, continu- Carl continuing to be a badass. Like, do it, Dad. Right. Like he was ready. Right. He t- understands he ready to the take situation it. they're in. Yep, he was ready to be salamified. Yeah.
0: Uh, so uh, a couple. Of comments on the the two deaths r.i.p abraham i guess even though in total he's only scared his family to their deaths using a can of beans rescued eugene a shitbird helped glenn find maggie even though he didn't want to dumped rosita in the worst way possible flirted with sasha right in front of rosita and said a few lines and done a few crazy stunts you will not be missed r.i.p glenn (laughs) who has, and I shortened this list, it's still pretty long, admittedly saved Rick, so that's a plus, Mm -hmm. Uh, fell in love with Maggie and become useless both with and without her, agreed to being used as well-bait, got captured alongside Maggie, needing rescuing from the governor, abandoned everyone for revenge right before the prison was attacked for the first time around, talked about abandoning everyone in er early season four just for Maggie, that includes abandoning Rick, who helped him on multiple occasions, got sick and once again had his life in danger, abandoned the death bus, Led a fist bumper into the group, walked <laughs> that's in. the,
1: the uh, there's lots of, cr- lots the true of horror. a lot of really horrific crimes. The well well bait yeah. uh, being chief among them. Walked into a walker infested tunnel
0: because Maggie <laughs> led his team right into Cannibal City, took shitbird Nicholas under his wing, dumpster gate, uh, went off on the Get Daryl back group, despite knowingly leaving his pregnant wife back at home. Get, got captured by the saviors, and also getting Maggie knocked up and deciding to start a family while there is still danger in every direction. Glenn, you will not be missed. <laughs> so, Nathan, yeah, pretty... It, laying down some harsh truths on both Abraham and Glenn. Mm. I feel like he might... His, his selection of events might be a little biased toward uh, throwing shade, but I like it.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know... Uh, what I said up front is, like, I imagine, like, if, if this was season six and they were doing this and not season seven, because I feel like there's about a year, maybe a year and a half's worth of just bullshit. Oh, ha- they, a year of prison, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, I know, like, if we'd have been gotten there a, a little bit quicker and if there hadn't mm-hmm. been so many missteps and so many fan-jerk moments, um, boy, man, this show could have been so good. So good. And the fact that it's still capable of at least moving this... This viewer mm-hmm. um, is still kind of incredible. I think. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, if you want to, I have some. Spo- I have some some spoiler things I want to talk about. Do we have any spoiler okay. emails? Yeah, we got we got one spoiler email I okay. can do. Okay. Uh, if you
0: want to get in touch with us and send your feedback in, you can do so at Walking Dead or watching dead at bald move.com either one
1: also if you're bailing on the show uh join us on where we're join us on westworld we're, we're doing a, a podcast right. called watching westworld you can find it on itunes and uh on uh bald move.com and it's an awesome show it's great yeah it's great so uh unequivocal recommendation if you're if you're about to bail and you want something to watch on sunday nights join us on watching westworld Yep, or you can go to the
0: forums and talk to us at Uh We're going to do some spoilers, but we're going to play a little music first. So. Also,
1: the other thing is we will be back to our full schedule next week. Yep. We will be doing a live watch on Sunday night. Um, I'm kind of glad we didn't do this one because it would have been a tough one to like crack jokes on. And... <laughs> right. At least for me at least for me uh Uh, next week we'll be back we'll we'll be back for our live watch so at nine o'clock eastern time we will be simultaneously uh watching the show and you can use our uh, it's hard to explain uh live watch technology if you're a club bald move member to to watch along with us and it's kind of like imagine it's like uh live mr science theater 3000 right and you won't go too far wrong All right, well, join
0: us for that stuff. If you want spoilers, stay till after the music. If not, we will see you next week. And until then, I'm
1: Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya.
0: With the spoiler section, you got a couple things you want to talk about first?
1: Yeah, so Rick saying, I'm going to kill you. I know that the one of the, yeah. the last emailers really kind of shit on that, but I think that that is crucial to committing to the arc that eventually happens. After all-out war and Negan is captured, uh, Rick decides not to kill him, but actually does the Morgan-esque, you know, make him a prisoner. Um, ah, okay. And that is a huge uh, swing in his character arc, which I think is important, um, and also it sets up a lot of other really creepy uh, possibilities. With um, And I, I wonder also, too, because one of the cornerstones of this plot in the comics was that Carl gets kind of disgusted with his father because he thinks his father's turned craven. Because uh, Rick really commits to the lulling ne- Negan into a false sense of complacency. And, and Carl takes it upon himself that he's going to go to Negan's compound and get revenge. Huh. and Which kind of impresses Negan uh, with the boy. And they continue to have this really weird... Uh, Hannibal Lecter, Agent Starling relationship where Carl sneaks down to the prison and talks to the, the increasingly bearded and long-haired and uh, Manson-like Negan yeah. about the nature of the world and and humanity. And those things are really super interesting. And I think Chandler Riggs is rounding into a character that's going to make that stuff really work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought, again, my thoughts, my remembers of the comic book arc are a bit hazy, but I remember Maggie almost immediately blaming Rick for getting her husband killed uh, because Maggie wasn't the godfather in this. This, uh, this was hmm. something that Rick kind of – it was Rick and his balls that got them in the situation. And I actually find it a lot more interesting that Maggie was y- – y- Feeling responsible on multiple levels, and I think that's the one thing that they, you know, some of the stuff, some of these character alterations they've done actually have suited the character and make it more interesting. So I like the fact that Maggie was left. I don't know that they'll they'll get around to her blaming Rick again, but her initial reaction of, you know, being angry and defiant, and then frustrated, and then you know, guilty, like all those things were really interesting, and I like, I thought they were kind of smart. Um, smart, natural um, fallout from what they've done to the comic book plotline. And I'm so glad that they remembered that, because it's kind of like The Walking Dead to go ahead and change her arc and then still have her be pissed off at Rick. When she was stumbling over towards him, I thought she was going to punch him. Right. And I'm like, well, what the fuck, Maggie? (laughs) Um, But they, like, actually made these changes and rolled them back into her character. So, I'm glad we saw that. What cool. what feedback do we get? Uh, yeah, we just got one
0: email. I wasn't going to do a whole spoiler section for it, but now that we're in it, Ryan and KC says, do you think Daryl being taken by Negan will help lead to Dwight's face turn, supposing they even do it? Har har. Or does this seal the deal that this isn't going to happen and will somehow be remixed?
1: I uh, actually think it's more interesting because... You know, they've set Dwight and Daryl up to be these big nemesis. Of course, Daryl doesn't even exist in the comic books. Um, And I always thought it was one of the things I thought was pretty... And again, I haven't read the arc for a while, but I always thought it was a little hazy Dwight's motivation for turning against Negan. Hmm. And I thought maybe one of the things in the comics we were supposed to understand is that it was kind of a leap of faith to... You know, trust trust that Dwight was was not a turncoat because we almost got, we we really only got stuff from his POV and Rick kind of trusted that blindly. Uh, I think that having Daryl over so there, I'm just gonna keep saying we ain't them.
0: <laughs> it's not gonna happen, and Dwight's well, gonna go eventually. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. No, we ain't them. Um, <laughs> I think that having Daryl there as an inside man to kind of witness the fractures within the cult of personality that Negan has 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 brought. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to be interesting, and it's going to make Rick seem less like desperate gamble and more like right on. You know, like okay, this this is going to seem more routed and act rooted in actually intelligence and less of a leap of faith. So, yeah, I, I'm I think it's going to be interesting to see like you know Daryl's kind of like um you know going through this process of soul searching. I think it's going to be interesting to see what becomes of his relationship with Dwight. Um, you know because Dwight kind of owes him. Um, and also like you know I forget Dwight's wife or girlfriend Sherry or Terry or whatever like yeah um, that's you know like Negan's essentially got a harem of wives that he just claims and takes over and that's the if, if they go like from the comics the reason that Dwight's face got burnt is because he had trouble accepting that arrangement <laughs> right um, so that, that, that stuff is all set up to be kind of interesting um, okay and I think maybe maybe an improvement over the source material Cool. Well, I'm I'm
0: interested in this next arc from everything you've described, I'm and I just, just hope they don't shit it. the
1: bed because it'd be so easy for them to like. They really, yeah. they. I mean, all they got to do is resist the worst impulses and tell mm. the goddamn story, and don't you, you can you can have like like Scott Gimple needs to learn like what people have been doing in episodic television forever, which is balancing an A, B, and C plot, right? and he cannot fucking spin two episodes with Morgan and Carol at the expense of all this shit you just can't do it man like the, yep. the fucking jury is in on that it doesn't work <laughs> uh-huh. so you need to be able to advance what's going on you got you got to figure out what's going on with this bump Mm-hmm. And Heath, you gotta figure out what's going on with Morgan and Carol. You gotta continue to develop the plot with Alexandria and Rick and, and then Maggie and and, Sasha and, and You've gotta be able yeah. to do that. You cannot fucking focus on everyone because it's gonna be a complete shit show if you do. And it sounds yeah. like that you're way worse with the fan community than I expected. So <laughs> right. um, it's gonna be these these next few weeks are gonna be crucial to see if they can learn those lessons or if they're gonna stubborn stubbornly continue to cling to the storytelling devices that have got them in so much trouble. We'll see. We'll see you next week. Yep. See you then.